Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast feed, and I'm bringing to you guys a bonus episode. This is the first two hours of me appearing on the Secret Society of Good Guys podcast. So enjoy and uh, continue listening to the rest of the episode on their YouTube channel. All right. tell you about my new project it's called the chaos twins we have an indiegogo fundraiser for this comic book series about two twin girls with special powers who move to a new neighborhood and battle the forces of evil the deep state the babylonians the secret societies that are ruining everything it's a comic book now but we hope to turn it into a special animation just go to chaos twins save us britney spears can we be saved
decorum needs a secret to society I've been some philosophies intentionally, magically Good guys, good guys, good guys yourselves and welcome back to another episode of the secret society of good guys as always we are your good guys and here with us tonight is everybody's favorite everyone's family thinks they're crazy mystic mark welcome to the secret society of good guys <laughs> you, will, you can decide um, as the show goes on if you want to um, be beaten or sexed in later or both that's on you. Mark's just going to be waving and doing sign language for the rest of the month. You should be nodding and everything. <laughs> I like it. It makes me realize that I have to roll up and light up for this episode. Yeah, for real. How have you guys been doing since the great meetup? Fantastic, actually. I've been going through withdrawals. Me too. I miss you guys so bad. Yeah, I miss you guys too. <laughs> I had fun. I had a really good time, and I needed that, like, bad. It needed Same. to be, like, two weeks, though. Right? Yeah. yeah. Next time, next time. That was just, like, just the, the icebreaker. And next time, um, maybe Brittany will be there. Maybe Brittany will be there next time. Yeah. Mark, are you there with sound? Our, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We it's a normal secret society of good guys initiation for there to be sound problems. <laughs> yeah, usually. Oh. So yeah. Welcome. Well, I'm, I'm coming through loud and clear though, right? Perfect. Yes, you sound wonderful. And welcome all the audience to the chat. Thank you guys for being here. Um love out to secret society of good guy Gordy. He will be back after he gets some beauty rest and we will talk to him very very soon um for any and anyone wondering about gordy out there he is alive and well and will be here to tell us all the deets shortly yeah. love you gordy <laughs> he's learning how to fly and I love speak it. the language of the birds i love it have you guys ever been approached by a secret society online um no, like but totally I've... corny. Like where they write you one of those, like, do you want to join the alumni? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I was told to go to um, one of the lodges and just ask to join because they thought I knew, you know, valid information. They're like, you should, you should just go to the lodge and just, you know, speak to somebody and you know maybe join the the sisterhood. I'm like. Oh yeah, cool. Maybe. And he was gonna. He promised that he was gonna bring books, but he just never came back. Which so sisterhood? I like, um, I think it's the Eastern Stars. Okay, so the one that Abby's yeah. got. Yeah, I yeah. did get um asked to join the Eastern Star, but I just thought it was kind of flippant, so I didn't really take it seriously because That's I no, I meant that when I asked girl. you on the beach. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be flippant about it. I didn't think Masons are supposed to solicit, though. At least, at least for the regular uh, old like Freemason, like the men version of Freemasons in America, it's a huge no-no to solicit. That's why the whole phrase is to ask one, be one. 
Mm. Well, that's because uh, she said, why don't you join? That's what she said to me. She didn't ask me if I wanted to join. Yeah. Like, why yeah. Don't you join? yeah. Potato, potato a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, the guy said, he's like, hey, you know, like, if you're really interested, just go. And I'm pretty sure, like, they'll, you know, gladly, like, take you in and invite you with open arms because you seem to know a lot of information. I was like, oh, cool. I was, like, so excited. But then I was, like, looking into, like, both sides of, like, the – <laughs> the conspiracies of it so it's like no they worship lucifer you're gonna be a luciferian and then the other side is like no they they just like worship god and wh whoever god is to them so i'm just like i need to learn f more information so maybe y'all can teach me something they mainly p hauled you they were like oh you know so much we're gonna make you a 30 second degree <laughs> I, I, well, it was, I, it was it felt like that. I was like, "Ooh, they want me to be part of their clan." I love it. You know, I got my ego up and my pride up. I'm like, "Yeah, let me shut up. Let me stop." It's Calm like down, Layla. Like you, it's almost like an internet password. Like if you guess enough to the right secret society member, they are like, "Oh my gosh, you know all of our secrets," and then they just let you become a member. They're well, like, "You can go all the way to the thirty second degree." Because <laughs> unless, like, uh, there's certain lodges that don't take the best of records, so some people have ferreted that out, and if they can surmise what the secret handshakes and the passwords and all the things are, and you know to just say that you're from one of these lodges that just doesn't keep great records, then they kind of have to go on whether or not you know all the, the secret passwords and handshakes that you gave them. So there's some people that I've, I've heard, and a couple I don't even talk to, who have just like fully infiltrated, just gone to somewhere in California where they're a little bit more hippy dippy, and was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm 32nd degree, you know, bingo bango, did did all the the right things," and they were just welcomed him into the lodge, open arms. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know what he got there. He probably heard about people, you know, trying to raise money because they needed a car and stuff. It wasn't. It, I doubt it was anything like salacious. But so let me ask you a question: Is a lodge a church, or is it a meetup place? Is it a special? It's anything. Like you, so now in in the states and a lot of places, lodges have fixed brick and mortars, a big G on the the front of the building, like they're yeah. there for a while. But uh, a lodge could also just be, hey, let's let's meet up. Uh, after midnight at this this pub until you know we overthrow x and then that is basically like a temporary lodge and then as soon as the your mission is over then that lodge ceases to exist and you set up shop elsewhere but for typical freemasonic lodges like their work is never done because they're trying to to make good men better and make you know the perfect person so th the ones that you see brick and mortar are the ones that'll be there forever hmm. are they um usually made like on a specific ley line or are they close to a specific building that that matters or That's is it just question. random i would say that in big cities they get first dibs i mean the freemasons are building all the other state you know um buildings and everything they're coming to them to establish that if you go i went to downtown chicago recently for the first uh -huh. time and every major building that's got like all those those dope ass like 1920s style um like noir art nouveau like you know sort of like designs they all have that big g somewhere on it and a lot of them just have a huge plaque all about you know founded by this freemasonic lodge yada yada so i mean if, if they're the ones you're going to to make the cool buildings then they probably get to pick where they want their cool building too hmm. 
I wonder, because the whole like, um, not Starfort idea, but like, I guess the energy of the city, I wonder if the lodge has something to do with like how the yeah. town is set one, up energy wise. One example of this is uh, with stone. So uh -huh. there's different types of granite. Different granite have higher concentrations of quartz. And also different types of stone come from different areas. So mm -hmm. one example, when you look at the base of the Liberty, Statue of Liberty, the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument, and I believe uh, one other building in Washington, D.C., they're all made with a type of granite that the Native Americans in the local area where this granite was quarried they say that that's the flesh of giants and that a giant died and became that part of the ground. So why the Masons would choose that stone over other stone, you know, when you look at the official uh, sources, they'll say like a lot of the granite came from New Hampshire or Vermont, but I'll tell you, they would have gone for the granite in Connecticut because it would have been half the price to ship it half the distance so interesting the yeah. thing that comes into mind is like the walls have eyes or the walls can if these walls could speak almost as like they probably still have some sort of life in them that can absorb right. something well, and on the ley line point if you have stone that's its whole existence has had energy high concentrations of energy flowing through it it's gonna emit that energy for probably millions of years theoretically so that freaking makes sense. So weird when you think about it, like the whole pink salt of it all and everything, you know? Yeah. Even like quartz crystals, aquamarines, and that, that liveliness of that stone just has so much energy, gives off and takes in. So this being marble, it may be a more dense or more um, less dense. I don't know how conductive. Yeah, how dense it is as a material. Is it more dense than a crystal? Is it less dense? Well, it, so it is that... a crystal. It's like a matrix of crystal. So uh -huh. uh, essentially it's like uh, a nature's machine, you know? It's like the, the nature creates what Wilhelm Reich recreated, right, artificially, which was this device that he called the orgone generator, and all it was was non-conductive and conductive materials stacked together in a way that the energy would get trapped in the center and then you would walk inside of it and you would get these healing benefits. So hmm. other nature does that with every earthquake and every volcano burst and every theoretical movement of the earth, right? However it moves. So yeah, there's tons of energy in the ground and in our own bodies. That's why they've gone after the uh, food supply in the way that they have. If you look at a lot of our foods, they're, they're lacking in the key minerals. What are minerals? It's the same thing we're building our buildings out of, right? It's the same thing we're building yeah. our bodies out of. So I would posit that maybe these stone structures, as Thomas said, the, the Masons have pick the litter, you know, on, on locations. They also have pick the litter on what stone they use. Maybe they're building things that are going to have health benefits for their people, right? So they know, mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to keep this energy within the family, so to speak, so that our club is strong while others don't know this secret. And, you know, I mean, you look at the, the health 
the health crisis that we're having in the country. And I'm like, that's the weapon against us. Who created that? The same people that prospered in this time period where everything was built, the turn of the tree, right? So I don't know. I'm yeah, a little more paranoid than maybe paranoid American in some way. <laughs> that happens a lot, I actually. I wonder if they use lead paint in their walls to um, like block out. Uh, I think you're cracking a little bit, my, um, Mark. It's uh, your microphone. I don't know if it's your gain a little bit. Um, perfect. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> yes, I, I wonder if they use lead paint in their walls to like block out um, harmful frequencies, you know, like that whole, you know, x-ray lead protection suits and whatnot. Well, one, one interesting thing is that the, uh, the actual lodge room inside a Masonic lodge usually has no windows. So that's that, and. And, and in addition to being symbolic and practical of not allowing any, you know, any light in or out. But the other thing, too, is that that affects the, you know, the acoustic. No windows, just walls. That's got to be in the catalog now. I fucking love you. Sorry. I wasn't even going to say it. It was, and I was like, I can't help it. Perfect. Well, on that same note, I've seen tons of photos of masons in deep inside of caves, which it goes right back to our the point you made about you know the stone itself and the ley lines, right? So maybe they know something and they're trying to recreate it in the temple. Yeah. And um, I have to say, too, just from the Masonic Lodges that I know, they aren't in the oldest buildings in town, but in that same kind of uh, McDonald's way, they do have really great prime real estate. And I think that older Masons donated some of these buildings to the younger Masons. So it's like spots in town that are right in the downtown with a great building or it's spots by the river or it's it's not necessarily ancient anymore as much as maybe under the ground, something you're saying like well, minerals well, in the ground or. Well, make no well, mistake that since the 1960s, uh, free Freemasonic membership's been in free fall. So if you look at like a chart of the population going up and the membership of Freemasons, you'd expect it to at least be influenced by the uptick. And it's not at all. It's like, it's literally just like a straight line down. Yeah, so at this point, even the really nice Masonic lodges, they rent themselves out to birthday parties, you know, bowling, convent, anything that you could put together. Uh, in fact, a lot of Masonic lodges now are like, famous venues for music for that exact reason because they can't afford to keep the lights on and just meet once a week uh with the, the current you, membership levels can i ask you do you think that is because of the more because of the overall societal like population boom the boomer generation kind of was maybe the last generation that really partook in that kind of thing and since then it, it's kind of fallen off the radar honestly i think as soon as anyone could get a credit card was the downside of freemasonry there's a long story behind that but the <laughs> dates and the and the practicality all line up because it's kind of what freemasonry was originally was it was like the linkedin so if you if you wanted to move across country you had like a reference where you could tell people hey you can look into me you know people know that i'm, I'm good for my word and whatnot right. and if you were just some random bumpkin you couldn't really do that right yeah, it's networking, but that's why they call them traveling men, right? Like the traveling salesmen, right? And I, I, yep. I guess my point was more to 
like add to what you're saying is like we see corporations now taking the place that secret societies once held in society and uh you know specifically and like union investment firms and and those sorts of companies but yeah i mean it's really interesting to think like you know the the freemasonic secrets that you know were preserved since possibly hypothetically biblical times have been just let loose for everybody right i feel like that's really what it is it's not that the secret societies aren't popular anymore it's more, more that there aren't as many secrets to keep do you think that's the case thomas like all the no not at all i think there's there's more secrets than ever to keep and there's more noise than ever to keep burying you know crap on top of you know the keep burying the swine on top of the pearls uh since i can't think of a better analogy mm. so yeah the, I mean, the secrets That's have always right. been the same but we keep getting further and further removed even in the the depths of freemasonry which hopefully they don't cut my uh my neck for saying any of this but the the big payoff is that like Oh, and by the way, we've lost all the secrets too. Like we're all on this big mission to find what that ineffable name of God was. Like someone knew it at some point and it was magic AF, but we forgot about it. So help us look. That's that's sort of, you know, the, the big premise. It's if like the moon landing the st oh. like stuff. It's like we lost all the <laughs> information. We accidentally put it in the wrong file. Could it be? Could it be? All right. And maybe I should wait for some of you to smoke to catch up because i clearly have I, i've gotten really baked before all of you uh, I'm lit. i want to get litter no this idea. is how this is how high i am all right thomas you say they're looking for the word of of god right or the name of god right and I'm not a biblical scholar, but pretty sure that's what Genesis says, right? Where the, the first thing that happened was God, God spoke and he created everything with that word. So could it be that, that, that we've kind of, we're looking for a word when really it's a metaphor for some sort of technology that can create like a whole universe or technology? Oh, of course. Yeah, I don't, I never think that it's, like a literal word and someone's just trying to figure out what the word is that wouldn't make any sense to me but that's the best metaphor that they've got right so okay. it's some sort of genetic technology maybe what china's doing in secret labs right i mean that's very specific so maybe <laughs> <laughs> right. i think word word is vague enough that it's easy to agree with but when you start saying like a chinese technology I don't know if the word would even imply like a like a nation to exist. Like it would be like saying, you know, technology from Pangea. I don't know, maybe. Well, I'm in the secret society good guys, so I mean I'm not jumped in yet. I just I'm just <laughs> probing I'm, after I'm the show. Questions, so please, you know, if you guys have uh have any umbrage with my question or my line of questions, just stop me. <laughs> I have a question though. <laughs> Okay, secret, oh, secret. You're allowed to ask secret. it as long as it has nothing to do with Mark being a man. 
<laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're good. We're good. <laughs> but for real. Okay. Secrets. Okay. We got to keep the secrets. Why these fucking rituals? Like why this hoodoo voodoo? Why these blood sacrifices? If they're doing any, um, why are they like, why for what? Well, ri like, ritual is not the same as blood sacrifice. I mean, a blood sacrifice is part a, of a ritual. ritual. The way that a rectangle is or a square is a rectangle. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I, I would think rituals is because it it makes such a bigger impact. Like if you're ever doing memory work, uh, usually you want to link every memory to a number of senses, not just memorizing it. But you like if you can link smells, sights, feelings, music, all these different things, it helps you memorize something better. So like a ritual, why, in why my mind, through, is just like a memory technique. Why go through the ritual of putting a Christmas tree up every Christmas? It's the tradition. But it's the I, culture. Yeah. But what is like, who is the ritual for? You know, is it for self? Is it for oh, a it's... higher power? Is oh. it for Lucifer or Lucifer, the light bringer? And who is that? Because that's what everyone claims, you know, masonry is about the light bringer and the light. So it's like, uh, it's like a confusing. Because I'm very fascinated about it. I'm very interested in it. I think but it's it like intention. It makes everything more powerful once you add intention to it. Okay. It's just like being a child. Like the second you're counting numbers and you're adding a special dish and a special sage to clear rooms and we're all chanting the same thing. And now it's adding the two in my name it shall be spell. And so the two in my name it shall be and then you add it's always true if it's three. Um, and so now there might be eight of us chanting the same thing with the same uh, intention. And so I think that makes it more powerful. And then if we're in certain spots all over the country or all over the world, and we know certain times and we were to all chant at the same time, how much more powerful would that become? And so I think there's these levels and rituals. And if we knew where the planets were and where the stars were, how much more powerful would that become? And so if we could hide that information from our other groups, if we knew it was a real thing and we could hide all the information from the other societies that might have power, that's where I think it all lies. Is It's almost like we're in warring factions. So why are they so society. selfish with the information to humanity? Is it like too much for humanity? <laughs> humanity handle? can't handle the truth. Yeah, not everybody deserves the truth either. What if it... Well, that's true. I agree with that. There's I levels. Know. It's just like learning the trivium. Like in Greek philosophy or whatever, you had to learn the trivium before you were ever allowed to learn philosophy. So reading, writing, and rhetoric, right? Is that what it was? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, that. it's grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Thank you. I knew rhetoric was one of the words. I knew the big word. <laughs> I knew the word that mattered. Yeah, but you had to learn the trivium before you learn, learn the quadrivium. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. I know the concepts. What is the trivium like, and what is part. the quadrivium? Let's get into it, Thomas, because obviously you know better than me. So. <laughs> oh, man. this is on the, so, so the trivium is the three. The quadrivium is the four. And trivium starts with grammar logic rhetoric in that exact order because first you have to know what words are uh, and what the definitions of words are so that's grammar then you have to understand logic which is the like when these words are in this particular order what does that mean and does the thing that it's saying actually make sense that's logic and then rhetoric is kind of like reading behind the or reading between the lines it's saying like okay i understand what the words mean 
I understand the order that they're in. I understand the logic that's being presented, but is there like an alternate agenda behind this logic or if the, is the logic faulty? And if so, is it faulty on purpose? That's kind of like an oversimplification of rhetoric, but this is like how politicians learn how to talk, how salesmen learn how to talk, uh, the way that you can just, it's the way that you say the content of what you're saying. That's kind of the rhetoric aspect. And once you and learn even, those three, then you're allowed to get into everything else, which man, I don't know if, if I know the quadrivium by heart, but it's like math, music, uh, astronomy. And uh, did, Mark, do you have it pulled up? It looks like you're looking at something. I did pull up my tab. <laughs> not, not to do that. But uh, you're I not allowed to learn. That. Philosophy was the highest it's, it's like it's philosophy a philosophy is the like highest level, math, and you weren't allowed to just go into philosophy. Music, you astronomy. Most people never got there. They weren't allowed to sit around and philosophize. It was just the people who had graduated from the trivium and then the quadrivium, and then you were allowed to learn philosophy. Yeah, it's geometry. How would you possibly know how to philosophize until you learned the other stuff? Well, you had to know. To you had to know all seven of those classic liberal arts before yeah. you were allowed to start getting into philosophy. Like those were just like the the prerequisite courses. Yeah. Yeah, and look at what happens today. We have people philosophizing on TikTok, coming up with all kinds of wild theories, and they haven't even done their basic trivium. The, that's my favorite one. Is like it's like if if you're gonna tell me about mall aliens and like the true nature of being first sit me down and like explain like really deep theoretical physics or something to me because that's yeah. also part of the quadrivium before you get to the the philosophical you know, species and like how feasible it, it would even be to have that type of species in bipedal <laughs> this one right here with the with the extra fingers and like... yeah this is a mall aliens going awry <laughs> but if you look in the background there's no need to fear <laughs> donuts there. Hey, donut. Oh, what up, donut? Wow. <laughs> okay, sorry to get you off track. Back to it. He really Mall is aliens. a good guy. Look at that. <laughs> Mall aliens always, it's like, that's like a whole type of alien now. It's like there's Grays and the Aryans and all the, and the Mall aliens, Miami Mall the aliens. Zetas, Mall aliens, yeah. Aryans, Arians. But we'll talk guys, about that another day. <laughs> have you ever heard of Craig Campobasso's Extraterrestrial Species Guide? No. All right. So he has gone around the internet and collected some of the hunkiest aliens from across the galaxy and put them together in this uh, this guide. And I, I was expecting to find, like, you know, a nerdy cryptid handbook and i ended up finding this very saucy romantic seeming not for me but if you're in the aliens and not just men too there's some babes in there some i'm aliens. feeling it's a new aliens. paranoid american aliens. calendar so, uh, the one i was working on it be, kind of became illegal so now i'm working i'm working on a new one but no. Craig has, I think, over 145 unique species that have been uh, eyewitnessed throughout human history. So there's a ton. Uh, I don't know if Miami Nephilim has been added yet, though. That's in the second edition. <laughs> Miami Nephilim. That's a new band name. They all got hoop earrings. <laughs> They're all, they all got chanclas and hoop earrings. <laughs> that would be perfect. I. Uh, we always mason 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 uh what about the boule what do you what are your guys's thoughts the hule 
the hule the uh i know it's uh, a, a name you can't mention because it got so uh gatored attached to boule <laughs> but it used to be uh larry gators was one of the only dudes who was like hey here's all this boule stuff and you used to be able to find a little bit dick gregory would say on it but it does seem like something that uh we don't really talk about unless there is a person of color in the room. <laughs> so what are your guys' thoughts on the Boulay Society or black fraternities? I've never heard um, of it. FYI, I just ha will oh. sideswipe myself before that question. I've hung out with Layla for a little bit. So if you're out there and you need a professional blunt roller one day and you can afford her skills, I've always been a person that I hold my skills pretty high when it comes to that, <laughs> but I'm a great delegator. And so I was like, oh, Layla, you can roll all the joints and blunts while we hang out. And they were all so nice and they burnt for such a long time. And so if you can afford her skills. Hit me up, like for <laughs> real, like the blunt will last you an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're like, we'll just smoke this real quick and then we'll go to where we need to go. <laughs> it was Yo, like call Snoop one real hour quick. later. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question uh so the boule might be better known as sigma pi phi so it's the oldest black greek letter fraternity and uh personally I haven't really gone down this rabbit hole but if they're anything like skull and bones a fraternity that i have researched it's essentially, you know, uh, what Thomas was describing with the Freemasons. It's networking, but on an upper echelon of society. You know, we're, we're talking about people who have the money at the time to get, you know, advanced degrees. And then they're able to join this uh, sort of alumni group that, you know, if you're if you're in the know, it's going to help you have a great career and also probably give you some uh, political power which you know, during the civil rights and whatnot was probably a rare thing for black men to come by so yeah i, I think this was essentially like a, a a black advocacy fraternity at the at the kind of outward stance of it but maybe on the inward stance of it they have rituals and weird sorts of rites and branding each other and all sorts of maybe cover-ups and things like that uh, i'm just wasn't there a lot of attachments to uh lebron james but then there was the guy that everyone said was the twin with george floyd and yeah. he was boule as well and they also were I don't know why I attached them, but I feel like something maybe at the club they were working at or the block they worked at, besides it being ran by um, whatever the Muslim Brotherhood politician's name is, her name's escaping my mind, the Goodfellas Society was also like, like linked to this whole area, which is a whole nother secret society that uh, has almost like Olympic rings if you look up their symbolism not to throw in all these secret societies and just like jump away from the boule, but uh, the buck broken is one of the boule uh, things that we hear over and over again to buck break. And it also is a term that goes back into slavery. And I think it's something that's very Alistair Crowleyan is to like think of 
if I can bend you over and take away your masculinity through your asshole, then it's it's not sexual all the time. It's, no, it's 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 if it's magical, then it's not sexual. <laughs> but isn't there something and uh, a lot of the times where I'm really it's the most demeaning thing I can do to you. It's like in a power way, I'm showing you that you are like a bitch, like you're so low. It's not even that I'm just Oh, I'm gay. Like, I, I know this sounds so wacky, but I know different people from different sects of the world. And they, like, prison sex isn't always gay. Sometimes it's for power. And I don't know if this necessarily exists with women, but I do think it exists with men. Where it's like, uh, I don't know, a big dog to a little dog thing. I can hump you if I want to. Like there, I don't know if there's anything more powerful I could do to you as a man to another man, except grab you by the back of your neck and make you my bitch. And I, I think, think it's sometimes gay. it's that. I'll go out on a limb and say that that's <laughs> it's still gay, even in prison. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that's the most powerful thing a man can do for another man. I think maybe that would not be for bad. another man to another not man, to like another to show man. not for another man. <laughs> well, yeah, I should be careful. With my <laughs> maybe in a very dark twisted control paradigm sort of way sure you know i mean that's what blackmail is all about you know that's what jumping people into a gang is all about you want to have you know something secret or something that they want to keep secret over their head to keep control over them so is it lost on you that you said black male and so i just think I, that was that weird too. the black like, male society that maybe doesn't exist in white males that it's like a power thing because this is where I've heard it from and I didn't want to just out all like the black guys I know that have been to prison they're like bitch how many of us do you know <laughs> but um, it just it seems different in uh, certain cultures mm. it well because the whole black fraternity thing like not just like because I, I actually interviewed my coach today because he was a member he's a member of the black fraternity and um you know it's based on you know it's greek obviously but like it's it is definitely african and it's based on slavery you know like their traditions their rituals their you know little things they are they are based on like representing the whole their ancestors and the slavery of it all and um but their thing is that they blew it by doing the ritual things and stuff like that they're honoring their ancestors and that will help them to be rewarded to have a greater life so but like the whole idea the hazing behind it all um like they're not you know the white fraternities and stuff they're allowed to say oh i'm pledging to this fraternity like they do greek week you know and then they're like oh i'm i'm a pledge for this fraternity it's like that's not a black fraternity thing at all like they're not allowed to say anything so they're going through their whole first semester of school and they don't even know how long it's going to be because it's not even a designated amount of time so it's like you know it could be anywhere for, it's whenever you're ready so they break you completely down until you know they, they get rid of all your bullshit but then like um like his particular fraternity i kind of like their mission statement though because it's the um, they believe they 
they'd be devoted to the inclusive we rather than the exclusive we. So like they're black, but they're probably one of the only black fraternities that does have some white people in it, you know, mm -hmm. but um, they're really about, they're not going to judge you based on your parents or your family or your neighborhood or anything like that. It's well, all think, about you. That's why your character. important to understand that secret societies as a human construct have existed throughout. Goddamn motherfucker. Throughout all different ages. <laughs> and, uh, hope you're okay. Is everything all right over there? <laughs> all you all right? Is everything all okay? okay? I had the worst hamstring cramp just now. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I muted myself. I, I was, was like, about to come out. Go off camera. <laughs> you didn't mute off. yourself. And then I was like. Oh shit, I gotta pay attention. Do I have to mute her right now? <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was really painful. Holy shit. So, okay. What are the, the downfalls of being all cut up? So, mm. all of these, um, I guess, secret societies are mainly to help society out. But some of them, or some of the members that are in them, aren't doing nice things I for society i wouldn't say i wouldn't say even that i mean you look at you you look at societies in general and you look at history what have societies done they've fought and killed other societies yeah. i mean human society isn't necessarily based on any moral compass in a general scope of things so why would secret societies be right so like yeah. you look at our, our history and sure there have been people who have broken the mold and uh, spiritual figures who have uh, shown that there is a, a certain moral path to follow. And I would argue that the the moral secret societies are probably rarer, fewer, and far between than, you know, the uh, all, you know, the altogether nefarious politically motivated ones. But I mean, even the politically motivated ones, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're beheading, you know, goats and doing all kinds of other disgusting things is that even so bad because well, I, mean, I mean unless you've never eaten a goat burger in your entire life not if you're jamaican <laughs> yeah exactly to eat it and you want to say a prayer beforehand i think yeah that's a totally human thing but if you're gonna do some sort have you of never thrown out half of a hamburger or a hot dog in your entire life I'm not saying that you shouldn't waste it. I'm sh I'm sure that happens. Okay, you shouldn't, but I'm I'm not in. It's not inexcusable, but sadism is right. Maybe I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't it, I like. Don't what's the difference between the guy working in in the slaughterhouse right? so, that uh, really likes his job versus the one that works next to him that hates his job? Like, or, does not does even, one cow die even, with more dignity? Yeah, but it, it's not even animals and that's you know that's factory farms that's a different conversation but when we're talking about secret societies and what's done behind closed doors uh for ritual purposes i would argue that yeah it is probably uh more prevalent than you'd think i would say maybe more secret societies are up to no good than secret societies are up to good but it's a spectrum of nefarity right it's a spectrum of badness so but there are secret societies of good people too i mean here we're in one right now uh yes. the, the shaolin monks i haven't heard anything bad about them their secret society so That's yeah true. I, 
I, I mean, there's tons of, of secret societies that aren't, you know, uh, coercing their, um, you know, adepts and whatnot to do illegal things. Is part of the well, secret legality? I mean, it's just a gray area, right? What's is part of the secret gone? just what we're up to back here? Like, it's not that people know we exist. It's just what we got going on behind our closed doors. Well, that's what I want to know. Like, what's the purpose of all this? Like, why? Okay, we all know they exist, but we all know they keep secrets. What's the fucking secret? Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like, any, any, anything that two people conspire <laughs> to do requires a certain level of secrecy. Some things don't require that much secrecy. If Thomas and I conspired to go get a burger from a restaurant, we don't have to be secret about it. We could tell people about it. But if Thomas and I were conspiring to take over Washington, D.C., that would require a lot of secrecy. We would have to tactically and strategically plan that for a long time. And we wouldn't. We would never do something like that. I don't know why I would even choose D.C. as an example. Bad well, example. But you get I, my I point here. Yeah, but I don't. I think I'm still it comes not getting down the why. to the why like, is that what, what it, not, like what people, is it angelic? Not everyone deserves to be a part of it. That's uh -huh. the point. The point is not everyone deserves to know. So unless you've gone through the initiation process and you've done, you know, all the vetting that has to be done to become a member of the society you don't necessarily deserve to know these things like it's i'm giving you power is that a good idea for me to hand that over to you if you can't prove that you're worthy of it yeah, yeah but but that, that, i think that's what is it that is an actuality or is that just the illusion is that just it, it isn't a fraternity i can tell you that especially the black fraternities they definitely that's the whole idea if you so, can't make it through that period then you don't you shouldn't be there. But so I don't the know secrets... if it's if, if it's power as much as like, do we want this person to come and like live with us? Do we want them to be part of yeah, our community? Yeah, it's vetting though, and that, that's what vetting is. Period. Right? It's it's both. Well, and so it's on a the... range of of spectrum. So like, you could have a group that wants to make society a better place, and that you know, requires a deal of you know selection and exclusivity. And you can have a gang of criminals who want to form a secret society because they want exclusivity, but for a different reason, because they don't want to be caught. Right. So essentially what I, what I, I'm trying to answer your question in a way that is kind of general, but that's the problem with this is like humans do a multitude of things and they'll use secret societies for a multitude of reasons. Okay. So the main question that I want to know is the information that the higher ups of these societies, not just the basic like lodges that we have here, but like the grand lodges, like the, the main ones that is the information that they're hiding. Is it um, manipulation, how to manipulate your reality here on earth? Is it angelic uh, gin, maybe uh, magic that they're hiding from people to manifest things that they want in life like that that's the ultimate question that i want to know is what is the information that they're hiding that is so secret that only a handful of people are allowed to know well, well some of it is just like me and let's say 20 of us and we have good jobs and we have good connections and we want to know running through the ritual that no matter what, you trust us. 
So if you feel like a gun's to your head and you're blindfolded, you trust me. If you feel like you're squeezing shit in a toilet bowl, you trust me. If you feel like you're about to walk to your doom, you trust me. So eventually you've let go of all the trust of everything from the outside world and your reverence now belongs to me. Once I have your reverence and you have my reverence, now we might help each other get a job. Now we might help each other, you know, I might want to hook you up with a house in a certain neighborhood over the next guy because I know you're in the grand scheme of things, your brothers with like my brethren. You do the you're, same you're thing. You're on the level. So it might not necessarily always be big, huge secrets to the esoteric. Sometimes it might just be my pool and clout in life. And if we all have pool and clout and power, we don't want to give that to just any dildo. Hmm. Cheney, you should pull up the chat. Jay said something kind of funny. <laughs> Red Hoods, secret societies, or Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> All, all of the above. I don't know. Of Cheney. <laughs> of Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> what do we say? Oh, what is it? Blessed is the fruit. <laughs> I know. Under his eye. Under his eye. <laughs> <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale is kind of a secret society. I feel it like is. that's the juxtaposition that they're setting up against the pink pussy hat. Um, like we can't decide on our pronoun people. They're setting up the Handmaid's Tale, Mike Pence. Like it's the it, we that those are the two sides of the bird. They're like, oh my gosh, look what's gonna happen if that side wins, and the other side's like, look what's gonna happen if that side wins, and they're like, oh my gosh, we should secession. So does this um <laughs> secret society stuff stem from Egypt? Since there's a lot of Egypt um hieroglyphs and symbology. Um, connection to the occult? I'd say Do y'all so. know? Yeah? Does it stem no. from there or is it pre does it predate that? It goes back to what we were saying before. So one of the things that I noticed in your comment is it sounds to me like you're assuming and don't get me wrong. Because I don't know. I don't know. I'm genuinely well, asking. Well, I would say that the secret societies, big secret societies, they're not working together. Okay. So that's okay. one thing that we have to understand is like there's different factions at work yes. at play. Some of them trace their roots back to Egypt because that's where some of the oldest written records from humanity come from. So, and some of the most advanced stuff too. I mean, you could talk about the pyramids and the different megaliths and how humanity can't reconstruct them today. And there's evidence right there of advanced information. So there's, clearly a, a situation going on in that area mesopotamia babylon egypt even greece and rome uh, where there's secret information that's probably been you know to my best guess i'm not saying this is fact but to my best guess they are keeping secrets that are pre-biblical that are pre flood mm -hmm. from this yes, ancient civilization that pre was a precursor before the flood and you know that's the big one of the big you know golden sort of taboo subjects that you see getting kind of mocked and dismissed a lot and i think yeah. that's because the people mocking and dismissing it are either coerced or or are in the know uh but they're they're meant to think that 
you know, humanity started at a certain time, and before that, it we were just Stone Age or we were just etc. I don't, I don't really buy into that. I think that's part Same. of what the secret societies are are covering up. But again, the secret societies, big secret societies, you know, this topic, this this all pervasive, you know, group is not just one group. It's multiple groups, and I think part of the major secret society, what they're really moving pawns around on the chessboard towards is globalism. They want a new world order. And that's why the corporations are moving in the steps that they're moving. They want to subjugate certain parts of the world, uh, you know, and create whole, you know, resource, you know, areas that are just for their access only, while the rest of us are confined to essentially these like feudal kind of zones right the the smart mm -hmm. city idea where all the national parkland is under government control and the resources and all of it and the government manages it all you know this is something that i think if you look at the history of governments it's moving towards globalism um communism fascism these are just two wings of the same bird secret societies were at the beginning of every single revolution in the past two thousand years and i think that's that's you know inherently because they're moving pieces on the chessboard towards having a, a global dominion a global control so not good stuff if you ask me huh what about uh, Chinese or Far East secret societies? We always talk about the same. Doesn't it feel like even in the world of conspiracy, we have this huge uneducation with China? Well, even, mm. even the Native Americans, my girlfriend just texted me and reminded me, I guess she's watching, uh, even the Native Americans had secret societies. So this is this is like a, a inherently human thing but yeah good point do we ever know much about the uh eastern secret societies you know the freemasons they made their way into japan into china into the philippines so you could argue that western secret societies have already kind of infiltrated certain aspects of asia maybe other aspects like tibet or you know different enclaves maybe in mongolia who knows i don't know but yeah, I'm sure Thomas. Have you, you, have you guys ever heard of Benjamin Fulford? No, no, I haven't. He was a, a financial analyst, I believe, and he moved over to Japan. And he, the long story about this dude, he's got a lot of interesting uh, claims, but he said that there's a secret society in Japan and perhaps outside in the rest of Asia called the White Dragon Society. And he described them as being like the white hat version of the Illuminati and that the that this white dragon society is constantly fighting back all the nefarious secret societies all across the world. Well, it sounds like it's straight out of a comic book because it is. I believe there's literally a Marvel comic book that has a group called the White Dragon Society that does this in Japan. But he claims it's real and that the comic was based on a real thing. Well, and that's the that's the thing, you know, fiction imitates life, right? But I think uh I think or art imitates life, but I think when it comes to you the secret society uh layout, right? The factions, there's definitely people that are fighting for good. I think that we wouldn't be in the world we are today if only the bad guys had secret societies. 
but um but I, I think thomas brings up a good point and the whole white dragon uh group i don't know kind of makes me think of this book that i have called uh the return of the serpents of wisdom i think and uh he his claim is that after the flood this group of like serpent people you could maybe think that that's reptilians or you could say maybe these people just revered the snake but either way they went around and taught all these different cultures some advanced stuff and um he kind of points at mythology and says like look at how all these different cultures have serpents in their mythology from south america to north america to africa to asia all these different cultures around the same time have stories of this dragon being or serpent being with wings that comes and gives them some sort of uh you know information or even sticks around and acts like a god and people you know learn a tremendous deal from him uh i touched a white dragon on the face in a dream just like this it stuck my hand out let me touch it and it was the Ooh, most so... powerful badass thing ever have you guys ever heard of the yellow emperor of china mm -mm. so apparently the yellow emperor was the first proper emperor of china and they say that he came down from the heavens as a yellow dragon and he led china for like something like a hundred years or so which was a long life back then i think it might have even been longer but then he he didn't die he just flew back up into the sky and left and uh you know this was around what historians call the axial age when humanity uh, as a whole was evolving you know advancing maybe with certain technologies like chariots and uh, writing and all these other things that kind of happened around the same time and maybe that's because they were remembering you know and putting the pieces back together from this old advanced age maybe it's because aliens came here and taught them some stuff i mean i tend to think it's it's not what the ancient alien show portrays because otherwise they wouldn't put it on the history channel but i think there's a little seed of truth there to pull people into the disinfo right so maybe yeah. it's because these beings are interdimensional so they have to make it physical and, and say oh no they came from really really far away and it would take multiple human lifetimes to get there so don't worry about them maybe they're saying that because they want us to feel comfortable and not think like oh god they're underground they're underneath us these serpent beings kind of remind me of like the whole idea of jinn and like be people being possessed by them and when i see them in these videos and in the islamic world um they have this like very snaky rep i don't want to say reptilian but it's very serpent like feel to them even when they speak so it's very interesting. I don't know if it's reptilian again, but they have this like a very serpent-like energy feel to them when they reveal themselves, when you know, they bring the jinn up. Is in certain Islamic countries, you could still be hung for being a witch. Like all yeah. five of us would be murdered by the government for even participating in this podcast if we were in yeah. Saudi Arabia. And oh, I love that. It makes me smile that there's still places that would burn me as a witch. <laughs> it just made me feel more powerful. Like for real. Like what is that type of societal atmospheric pressure, like consciously in the collective consciousness is so much pressure that it actually it makes those 
experiences more vivid where in our culture we're kind of like oh yeah that's silly that's fairy yeah. tale stuff whereas there like there's a physical punishment like you could die if you yes. even talk about these beings it's much realer if you think about it like in that sense so yeah. i wonder i wonder if that contributes to it like on a collective consciousness level wasn't that just for like and, the poor people too like that doesn't apply to like the rich class that wants to practice witchcraft yeah. in saudi arabia the poor too yeah oh, i'm sure um, they could get away with all kinds of stuff because it's yeah. like being gay in russia right like it only matters if you're like too broke to do anything about it yeah. like around where we're from they call them majestad like majestad uh like a magician and they're wear their red capes they're all in red and they um you know call on the jinns and you know an interesting thing is that these jinns actually do submit to god which is a weird thing they claim to like you know, work with the power of God. So I don't know if these beings are just lower dimensional beings um, that just are a different density or energy. What I gathered, and I could be totally wrong, you'll probably know the whole thing, is that they do answer to God. They just didn't think we were greater than them, so they wouldn't bow to us. Mm -hmm. And so their whole gig is just to prove to God that we are not superior to them because they were the greatest thing God ever created, not us. Well, in that sense, like when you think about it, it's you are more powerful than they are because they need you as a vessel. They need you to conjure them. They need you to tell them what to do or send them to business or a goal or um, a magic spell, whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, I think the density or whatever type of being it is, from my understanding where we're from, they can conjure the gin and literally have it travel in mercury so whatever type of energy that this is it could be an electrical energy or an etheric energy i'm not sure but it's wild it's fucking wild um on the white dragon i want to just bring up because we're about to go into the wood dragon and this is a little off topic for a second but uh we're about to go into the wood dragon and you know, on the secret society of good guys, we know that dragon is synonymous with worm. And so every time they say, uh, wood, uh, or worm, it's also dragon when you find it in ancient lore, uh, in the way I was thinking of a uh, woodworm and, or worm wood. And it was making me think of absinthe and mm. it was making me think, are we headed into this idea of, a heroic dose for everyone is it soft disclosure for everyone in this way that they're about to melt their sugar cube into their nasty licorice tasting drink and do their shot so to speak like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down is from absinthe that's what the whole term oh, was about. Wow. And so, you know, we have this whole Mary Poppins of it all, and there's something about Mary. And so are we leading into this wormwood or wood dragon uh, year where it's a great epiphany or an apocalypse, so to speak? And like a Chinese New Year, you know, they put the one fake thing that doesn't exist in the world at all. But we were also talking about on the the Thulan, is it Thuban or Thuban, the star that's on the Hoover Dam that's going to be above the pyramid that the Egyptians used to oh, yeah. say was the North Star? 
Yes. So some people theorize that maybe, you know, the planet shifted or something and maybe there was a different North Pole. And what, you know, a lot of people that theorize that America was the first and that something tilted and every and they can find ancient artifacts in the Grand Canyon. If Thuban or where the if the Nile was actually in America and the Mississippi used to flow backward and all this stuff is so are we about to do that flip back to where we get a different North Star? instead of the dog star so in the dogma the god of it all like it's about to do the reverse i mean anything's possible i am <laughs> open to it all happening like could be what if maybe so i'm not saying no <laughs> i'm i'm out there you know like it could be a possibility and the history proves it and i think we're sense. going from a water rabbit to a wood dragon like, think of the energetic difference of that. <laughs> yeah, from liquid to solid. From liquid to solid. And then from a rabbit, like a little prey breeding animal, you know, to this huge, heavy dragon wood energy. And then the wood, you could also get into the Odin and the Woden of it all. Uh, knock on wood, knock on Odin, like you're asking, like, oh, oh, oh. So it's it's just interesting to me the way I think all of these things attach. And um, yeah. yeah, so we're almost to the year. I think I that's February 10th or something. So, okay. Back to now, the secret society. Sorry to get you so off top. No, no. Um, now with this dragon and everything that's happening in the world, what's the difference? What does the Illuminati no versus the freemasons is that like one and the same are they two different Illuminati. types of i just want to yeah. say that because of illuminati. Thomas, sorry. <laughs> illuminati <laughs> so what are the illuminati like more um blood sacrifice versus ritual like the masons so what's the difference between the two and is the illuminati real well, can we go back into the whole where you solicited to join the Illuminati? Where you have any of you guys been on social media? Like, on, on hey, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. yeah. When, what did you guys say? Did you say anything to him? I, I was like, oh, yeah, talk to me about it on my podcast because that was like, <laughs> Instagram. I like got a, a message, but uh, as far as I know, Thomas has like one of the best books on the illuminati I, i'm really jealous because it's like 150 bucks if anyone wants to buy it for me on what's Amazon. the book uh Thomas, yeah, which one you know well i've got a, a number of i've got the school of wisdom i've got the perfectibles i've got uh philo's um, reply i'm talking about, what, talking about? Like, what are the these books heavy, the big heavy book that's all about the bavarian illuminati oh yeah, that one's just called bavarian illuminati i believe yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so what's bavarian illuminati <laughs> That's that's the Illuminati. Like so, to answer your question about Freemasons and Illuminati, I'll give you the historical answer because I don't yes, know if please. I would say that the modern twenty twenty four Illuminati exists outside of people that use the same tactics exist. But the Illumin the Bavarian Illuminati from the the eighteenth century they were founded in seventeen seventy six. My understanding is they were mostly atheists. They were like anti religion. They wanted to find. The scientists, the experts, and all these different fields, and they might they might feign uh, being religious because they kind of were living under this transition of the Jesuits running all of academia to now the Jesuits no longer running academia because the Pope basically was like, "We've had enough of this Jesuit nonsense. 
you guys aren't running the show anymore. So so the Bavarian Illuminati started in that sort of a little segue. And there was another really important aspect that that doesn't get brought up very often. And it explains the uh, the blending between the Illuminati and Freemasons. And that's that around that same time, there was this lodge of strict observance. And they were kind of like the, the the big lodge in the, the area of Bavaria. Uh, that almost rhymes. And in <laughs> in this area of Bavaria, uh, the strict lodge of observance, they basically came out and they said, look, guys, a lot of you think that Freemasons tie themselves all the way back to the Knights Templar uh, and that you all want to play and pretend that you're part of the Knights Templar. But we're not going to do that anymore because there's not enough links to it. And when people bring it up, we look like idiots scrambling to just like connect dots that don't exist. And we're supposed to be these all knowing, like very authoritative, you know, people in the Freemasons. So therefore everyone stop talking about the Templars. We don't belong to the Templars. We can't trace our lineage of Templars, cut it out. And there was a lot of Freemasons that were like, that was the coolest part. Like I wanted to be a Templar. He's saying I can't be a Templar anymore. You say my dad wasn't, my grandpa wasn't a Templar. So, so when this happened, this is at the um, the convent of Wilhelmsbad, I believe. And essentially, this was a um, this was a crazy. If you even look this on Wikipedia, it's fully documented. But the uh, the Congress of Wilhelmsbad, they all these different factions of Freemasonry get together. Um, the the po- the Vatican send their representatives there, and the Illumin the Bavarian Illuminati sends their people there. And after they all make this big convention and they decide, okay, collectively, nobody's allowed to claim the Knights Templar anymore, the freaking Bavarian Illuminati went to all those Freemasons that were disgruntled and complaining, and they were like, yo, guys, if you want to still claim Knights Templar, like, we got the club for you. Like, we got all that and more. Are you sick of just three degrees? Are you sick of just 30 degrees? We got, like, 90 degrees up in here. Just follow me, you know? It's, it's, It's everything that you know. And what they would do is they would target people that were high up in the lodges all around Bavaria. And if you got to the worshipful master, or if you got to the senior deacon or the junior deacon or hell, all three, then you could own that lodge. And now none of the rest of the members of that lodge would necessarily even have to know that they were essentially operating under the Bavarian Illuminati. And that's how they spread. So in modern terms, the Freemasons still exist. I don't think the Illuminati exists i think the illuminati died with adam uh Weitzop, and also i think it got reabsorbed back into masonry there's a specific branch called the rites of memphis and Miserium, and they connect themselves to the knights templar they connect themselves to ancient egypt um that and they still hold on to 99 degrees probably more oh wow and just to maybe add a little bit so thomas when did the that and uh, for Adam Weissab, when did those guys all start to die away? What year time frame? Oh, it was like the 1780s or something. It didn't last more than like 15 years or so. And But even that story is wild, dude, that, that Adam Weissab is being persecuted by all these governments and he's riding with his homie. And as they're riding, lightning literally just comes out of the sky and strikes his homie down dead. Um, and Adam Weissab is completely unscathed. And when he shows up to the next town... He shows up and he's like got this dead dude with him uh, that he can't really explain. So they take the dead dude's body. And as they're inspecting his body, they find that inside the guy's clothing, they rip open all the stitches. And he's got all these letters and addresses, like basically the Epstein's black book is inside this dude's clothes. 
And from that, they do this raid and they find all these different Illuminati members. And that was essentially the the big upheaval and the downfall of the Bavarian Illuminati because then all of their writings became exposed. Uh, a lot of their member records got exposed. And at that point, the gig was kind of up. Mm. Now, do you subscribe to the idea that some of them fled to other countries like England, France, and the United States? Yeah, but again, I think they just reabsorbed themselves back into Freemasonry. I don't, I don't personally think that the Bavarian Illuminati by name continued because all the Bavarian Illuminati, according to Philo's reply, was a complete Ponzi scheme from day one. Adam Weissop was going around to these dudes that were like all into this high magic. And deep down, he was an atheist. He thought that they were a bunch of idiots, that they actually believed in this grand architect or this big creator, but he respected the power that they wielded. So I think on, on that aspect, it was Bavarian Illuminati was completely incompatible with Freemasonry as a whole. And even his, his second in command, Philo, Philo was deep into esoteric and occult knowledge. I don't think Philo was an atheist. And Philo ends up leaving disgruntled. And that's where he kind of writes this expose. But basically, Adam Weissop was the guy going around being like, oh, you're you're a third degree. Are you fourth degree? Oh, you've never heard of fourth degree. Or if, or if you have, well, have you heard of eighth degree? Because we got it. <laughs> and if you want it, then you just got to sign up. And then he would go back home and be like, Philo, crap, crap. I sold, you know, 10 different eighth degrees today. And Philo's like, dude, I'm, I'm still working on degree five. You can't sell degree eight. And then he's like, ah, oh, well, you're going to be real mad when I tell you I sold degree 20 and 25 and 30 yesterday. So we also need you to go ahead and work on those other ones. And at a certain point, Philo was like, screw this, dude. Like, like I can't keep up. And I And he was starting to feel almost like I would assume – like a moral conflict of like, I know I'm just straight up lying to these people and just making crap up to back up the salesman. Like the sales guy was selling product that the product team didn't have yet. Almost like a Scientology. <laughs> it's Close like to it. Although like once they're, they're the, the true religion. The max, yeah, They've actually they, got it sorted out though. There's the, the right one. I really think that I shall harass the IRS until they don't tax me is a great <laughs> foundation to build a religion on. Oh, Operation yeah. Snow White, shout <laughs> out. Shout out. I think that's the best thing. I think that's why I say there's a truth in every religion. You just have to figure out what it is, and that's the best thing the Scientology yeah. ever did. Everyone needs to like grab their W-2s, change it so they don't take your taxes out of your paycheck, and when it's time to pay, say, like, literally, fuck you. And no one pays them. And that's how we solve the problem. Just tell them not to take your money out of your paycheck. And when tax season comes, don't pay them. But then I they know. just print so more and then they know the jigs state. up. Like that doesn't <laughs> well, actually hurt them. It just it just shows them that like, oh crap, the people aren't buying the facade anymore. Time to, to go to phase two. Well, then let's let's go to phase two because fuck that. <laughs> it's phase two time y'all y'all are taking more than half our paychecks bruh like not just from our paychecks but on our standard living i'm i'm with that plan cheney it is kind of crazy this is the one thing that i really it, it, this is the one that settles on me this is the one that settles on my every grown-up word called adult in my body hmm. every three years one of the years you work is just for them yeah <laughs> that is so wild to Fucking me wild. every three like years one full year like my free. cramp again <laughs> yeah it's so and you don't know what that's going they tell us stories like it's going to you know war war 
Z and it's going to these countries that you don't know, but we don't have a clue. And then what does it matter? Like at what point does the currency not bat matter? It's the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at what point is Beast? here? Oh, what I'm going to do it like this. Cause I figured this shit out. <laughs> Beast. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. true. It's fucking true. It is. It's wild. It's its own dragon, its own entity. That's where I think the tea party, the two birds, one stone. Yeah, taxes. And then the other part, we got rid of our tea. <laughs> Dude, they're they're making money off of your life force. That's that's mind blowing. And they say what? Minimum you're worth eight dollars an hour. Your life worth is worth eight dollars an hour. Get the fuck out of here. Like that's nuts. That's nuts. The system needs to change. I like that idea. Reset. If you ran for president, would you do a great reset? <laughs> right away. This is why secrets I would do it. exist. <laughs> I swear to God I would. Would you build it back better afterward? Listen. I'm at the like I'm on a teeter totter because like I see where the elite are coming from. There's some like just like sick, crazy motherfuckers on this realm that don't belong here. So it's like I get it, I see it, but it's like who am I to make that call? You know, I'm I'm just me. You know, how to make the world a better place is the key. But they don't want to do that. They want to control everything. So that's why the mess that we see is the mess that we're in. Um, I feel like I, if women run the world, it would be a better place. But that's just me. Not, not in the feminist not kind in of the sense. Beyonce way. No, 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 no. no. Not in the Who matriarchy runs the world? kind of way. In <laughs> a different, like, <laughs> loving. The Amazonians. The women, like. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. That's, that's based on real tribes that were matriarchal, and they would essentially have no men in the tribe. And when they, really? when a boy was born, they would let him go as an orphan, and and um, they, they would only keep the female children. But when it was time to procreate, they would go and they would basically battle a bunch of dudes, and whoever didn't die to their warfare would be chosen to mate with, and that's how they kept it flowing. What? Like so daggering. Damn. And shot arrows going backwards on a horse. Like, they were some of the baddest women in history, and they weren't, you know, they weren't exactly like... Uh, going for world peace or anything like that so i'm not anti-matriarchy but i am saying there are examples of bad matriarchies and bad patriarchies it's yeah there's bad of everything yeah. yeah yeah but hey it, then it reminds me of the bees yeah like, like the bees i'm oh, sorry no it's all right the the middle society in native american culture to my knowledge was maternal matriarchal and they kept it down pretty good and uh, you know a lot of those people still keep those traditions so to me that's like a although they've endured a lot they they've kept the flame burning which is a lot to say interesting, interesting. have you ever heard the theory that bohemian grove is the antithesis to a matriarchal society that that essentially um the golden bow describes the matriarchal society in addition to the amazonians the the difference is that in a patriarchal society 
the power automatically goes down to the firstborn son. And that's just like the most typical one that we all know of today. But what also happens to that is that the firstborn son might not be worthy just because his dad was the king doesn't mean that he's got the same balls to be the king, right? So in a matriarchal society, the difference was that everything was passed through conquest that, that you would have to be like the guy would have to come from an outside land, almost like Mark saying, you had to be like an ultimate warrior and have to pass all these true tests Avatar. of merit and morality. And like, you had to get vetted sort of like you were joining a society. And if you got vetted, then you were allowed to have the rest of the kingdom and you could take the, the princess and everything. But it's a, it's a huge difference because now the only way that the bloodline continues to pass down is, is, a, it's usually through a stranger from an outside land for truly practical purposes, so you avoid inbreeding. But the second one is that the conquest itself is the merit. Like that, the process of getting all the way to the to the princess, that becomes the proof that they're worthy, that they could make it that far. But through the patriarchy society, it's just like, Daddy, I want that one. And they're like, sure, Hunter, you can have all of the ones that you want. You know what I mean? And that's that's the patriarchy. And that's where corruption starts. And that's also the whole premise of cremation of care. Shout out David Charles Plate, who put me onto this. But that the cremation of care is like care is essentially like this thing coming from the outside to take over and restore balance back to matriarchal society. But Bohemian Gl- Club kills care and they reestablish this concept of no the patriarchy wins i'm gonna pass my power and my lineage down through my firstborn son and that's how it works and that it's it's not scalable because corruption can just immediately present itself Mm, that is true that's very true so okay now that you kind of mentioned the bohemian is that part of the skull and bones 322 and George Bush and their clubs with the presidents and whatnot. Well, it kind of goes back to like what we were saying before about like factions and different secret societies working together, working against each other. From what I've read in Anthony Sutton's books about skull and bones, they're sort of in a ring that's in the center of a larger ring that's in the center of a larger ring, right? And Bohemian Grove might be in that outer outer center so people come to that club they're kind of vetted they're already powerful they're already in a position where they they're useful to the club and then they're chosen to come within and then maybe when they're really within it then their son goes to yale and he gets elected into skull and bones or one of the other clubs right so it is this sort of process where they're secretly connected with each other like uh the the Council of Foreign Relations, a Bilderberger group, you know, there are multiple different groups that kind of work in concert, but are technically separate entities, but you could argue that they're all part of the same group. I would I would consider that Skull and Bones would almost be like getting drafted out of high school to play college ball and then getting uh, into Bohemian Club. That's more like becoming like an owner of a team. Mm-hmm. So who's in charge of these clubs? Um, the skull and bones is similar to the belay as well, where you don't get to tell everybody that you're, um, or like you were saying, your friends fraternity, you don't get to tell everyone that you're, oh, I'm, uh, doing my whole week. You have to wait until it's like a secret that you're initiating into the skull and bones. 
not, not necessarily yeah. with Yale. Maybe nowadays with this whole social media world, yeah, that's the case. But uh, in the past, they would publish like who got tapped into skull and bones in the college newspaper. So it wasn't after they got in. Yeah, it wasn't. A yeah, after they got, got in, I thought I didn't know they were allowed to say who was in. Was, it was a pledging. secret. They're allowed to sell pledges. They were going to choose, and they kind of had some formalities around it. But no, it was like a whole college affair at a certain point where everybody kind of knew, like, oh, today's the day people get picked. Nobody knew who was going to get picked, but when you got picked, yeah, you people. Yeah, yeah. Once you were picked, picked, you were you picked. Telling any secrets about what you had done inside of the secret society but people knowing you were there i mean people were going to find out they have these fancy you know buildings that they walk into with huge doors you know these tombs so people that was supposed campus. to be part of the secret is that the people on campus not being hip to be square about who was being tapped to be the the people and then once it was out it was like all these people are the people so it was supposed to be when it was outed like you didn't even know if your roomie was and going through the whole thing. You didn't even know if you were, you know, bestie. They weren't allowed to tell anyone. And then once you were in, you were in. And then everybody could know. That's what well, they I had. A, they thought. had a whole. They had a whole like you know affair about it. Like there was a tree that they got tapped under. So like, from what I've researched, at a certain point in time, it was not. A secret as to when yeah. and who got tapped but what you did once you were tapped certainly has always been secret and and even once you're an alumni because that's the whole point of these groups as thomas was saying it's like being drafted into something out of high school um you know uh i would say with this stuff they only select people whose parents are also kind of playing ball already right so you don't just get pulled out of nowhere nowadays you know, there was a whole recent you know story in i think the new york times about how skull and bone specifically the members are like we're you know we're tearing the statues down so to speak right and yeah, they've, they've been co-ed for over a decade now too well yeah and they've been you know multiracial as well ever since the 70s so it's like you know thing times change and these groups change and i wonder how you know, effective these groups even are at recruiting at this point when they're so caught up in, you know, these frivolous social justice affairs that are really hypocritical coming from that institution. I mean, Yale specifically was named after a slave trader. I mean, that anybody can go and look that up. So, uh, but when, when you come to the fact that, you know, these secret societies are doing things that uh, coerce people into not only a certain status, but also a certain culpability, like, okay, you have to do what we're kind of coercing you to do. And yeah, you're going to benefit from it, but ultimately they're still kind of a pawn in this larger machine. So to your point, like, I think that when like socially, when people sense this, they might not have the exact name for it, but they call it the Illuminati. And we see people all over the world sensing this. And like intuitively, as human beings, we know there's corruption, but it's larger than just, oh, people can't be trusted and humans are just greedy. So that's going to happen. No, it's it's not. It's systematic corruption. It's it's it's, you know, on a, a level that's beyond just, you know, human error. How are the Shriners tied to all this? Are they hmm. part of like 
the Illuminati or they part because the, the Shriners so many- is, a, is a wing of the uh, Freemasons. I've always heard them described as like the drinking club of the Freemasons. Okay, and their symbol represents the moon is the moon and the sun, and it is the Islamic symbol, and it right. reminds me of the Turkish fez. So is it like a different type it of belief? It is the fez. Uh, that's it, exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. So what's their ultimate belief in what they believe in? Do they believe in like the Islamic version of the word God? No, they, they use the Islamic. This is going to be like a great, like an oversimplification by a large mile, but they kind of use those teachings to just re-represent the same tenets of Freemasonry in a different way. The same way that um, some people claim that the Bible took place in the United States, right? I think like there's there's some sects that believe that. I think Mormons might believe part of that. Um, five percenters and Nation of Islam, some of them also believe that the Quran and all of those locations, like Medina, is actually like, uh, like New Jersey or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, is it tied to like Sufism too? Like that whole spiritual sense of like Islam and not the like religious sense. There's like I mean, there, that, there's degrees within the Shriners that, that go into all that. I didn't, I never like mysticism. joined the Shriners. Okay, all right, interesting because I always wondered, and I know it stems from like way, way back. I mean, like t- during the creation of the Israeli flag, and I know it was created in Turkey by some uh, s- some ruler, I don't remember, but it just all ties to that and just. Yeah, interesting history with the Fez and Freemasonry, the Shriners, the creation of Zionism. I had a guest on my show recently named Paul Stobbs who uh, told me that the Shriners were connected to this whole like clown Nephilim connection where the Nephilim is being worshipped secretly as this clown symbol so the modern day clown, <laughs> like wow. a symbolic depiction of a nephilim so these shriners like you know they were associated with the circus and like, never 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 Abby, ah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> nephilim is the homunculus of 2024 it's going to be the word everyone has to get used to hearing and the m is silent <laughs> Well, and I, think, I think like Thomas is like comment about it being like known as the drinking club maybe even is I don't know in my suspicious mind a hint at that you know because this is like the kind of archetype of the clown like this drunken silly revelry but also this kind of sinister even like cynical like horror movie clown type of you know and it's not an accident that the clown's been in so many horror films because it well there's is- also the jesters and the jesters is even more if you want to get nefarious that's like well, that's, the ones that are in the news yeah. the most for doing weird stuff that's related that's to Freemasonry. the shriners are are like basically the jesters are like connected to them is what he was saying so my we have other information i'm not an expert on this but i feel like the short the jesters is like if you follow that path all the way to its logical end you end up being being a jester mm-hmm. interesting yeah and and you know it goes into some weird realms especially when you consider like 
the circus and its reputation of like taking on wayward people and children and so on and you know there's the whole human trafficking thing so uh historically speaking like the circus you know in the theater evolved into what we have today in hollywood right so like there's a lot of occult stuff that people notice in hollywood and it's no accident that the precursors to film and stagecraft were you know populated by these same occultists and freemasons i mean the 1800s in the united states it was like an occult renaissance for some years after the civil war and even pre uh 1830s before the anti-masonic movement there was tons and tons and tons of secret societies but they weren't really secret because there was nothing to keep secret back then about them you know the freemasons had helped win the the war the american revolution tons of people were in these groups because it was a, a form of patriotism people were well, the, the company line is that, it, that they're not secret societies that they're societies with secrets well, but I, I mean, in over the general arc of history, people have been a part of these groups and it's changed. But the, the groups that we're talking about are the ones on the real fringes, right? The upper echelon, the elites, the people who have a lot of money, but then also the people who are willing to go to like those really dark, depraved levels to make money or to, you know, be a criminal for whatever sadistic reason they become a criminal, right? So I think those are the, those are the two major archetypes of people uh, at least in the darker aspects of secret societies but there again like there are arguably good aspects of the secret societies we have the constitution of the united states that allows us to speak freely on a podcast like this and it was written by men in secret societies right so i mean there are ups and downsides to so that. what about the cia isn't that like the whole definition yeah, of a secret a, society a fucking secret society layla sure. will you do right. a mic check real quick huh? will you do a mic check real quick Nevala. oh no oh no i can't do it right now <laughs> no i'm not doing it oss <laughs> i'm not doing the, it the oss was definitely created by people in secret societies <laughs> skull and bones so yeah the cia is is definitely uh in the conversation for sure I mean, but what do they do other than, you know, accumulate oh, power yeah. in the form of blackmail? <laughs> that okay. was terrible. That's, you're coming in good. Okay, good. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I was trying to get some, like, courage to do that. It was terrible. <laughs> it took a while. Okay, sorry. Whew. Mic check. <laughs> yeah <laughs> cia i was listening but because i didn't i moved on and i didn't think layla was going to do it so i was listening <laughs> i had to I had to find it in me to do it <laughs> and it was terrible that's how we <laughs> mic check around here <laughs> yeah we're gonna shoot out a moan a good it has to be like, good like porn that's not what i did <laughs> fuck yeah yeah. Is that better? <laughs> oh my God, I love you. <laughs> okay, sorry. Who? The CIA. You asked a question, and Mark was answering, and then we were assholes. It was. Yes. It was so yes. rude. It's um, all right. 
right. Welcome yeah. to the what Secret happens? Society of Assholes. I know. If we all got one. Of the Golden <laughs> Shit Club, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you licky the likey. And um, real quick, I want to put Abby on the spot because she is going to have something coming out on her channel soon about the Medici card series because a lot of people were asking about that. So that will be coming out soon. And um, sometimes that puts uh, a little bit of fire. <laughs> it does. It's, the in the works, it's in the it works, though. It's in the works. It is in the works. It is happening. It's happening. And then uh, and Layla would like awesome. anyone who's watching the show and they laugh out loud. Anytime you do that, if you timestamp it in the comments because she's putting together edits or if you uh, like uh, Thomas rant or if Mark says something dreamy, timestamp it because Layla's doing a whole bunch of edits and figuring out how to use her magic. So uh, yeah. that Please. is the business I wanted to take care of right now. And back to the secret. That's a society. huge favor. Please, thank you. Love you guys. Well, Mark, since we just go ahead, we went ahead and um, did this whole interruption. We do have a question for you. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's your show. I'm happy to be here. And it's a weird question, but be open-minded. We're putting you on the spot because any guest okay. to the show, any new initiate has to answer this question. It's a two-part question. First of all, would you fuck your clone? And the second question is, would that be considered incest or masturbation to you? Hmm. I would say no. I would probably treat my clone like a, a little brother and not like a sex toy. So, <laughs> that's a good answer. That was a great yeah, answer. I would, I would, I would it, yeah, on that level. So yeah, no, I would, I would help. I would have him help me get through uh, some of these books. I just say, "Hey, you don't have to work. Just sit on that couch and and read, and I'll do the rest." Even if it's a lines. female clone version. Well, that's not really. I guess that's not really a clone. Then that'd be more like my sister, right? If it was the same genetics, but a female version of me, right? Mm. Wouldn't that be like having a twin sister? Well, not incense. really. <laughs> I if you know the clone, you know, I it's like a replica. Yeah, what if you like accidentally like lost one of your arms and then you went back to check on it and you noticed it was growing a new body and then the third day there was another mark there. So it was unequivocally a clone. <laughs> I love this. I love this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't think that really changes my answer. I, I'm almost... I. Like, I don't even go to... Don't lab. let him bully you, Mark. I'm not fucking my clone either. I'm building things and doing all of them are clone fuckers. And I can't let this go on. I'm not a clone fucker. And Listen, I don't, don't shame the clone fuckers. Of... You can't shame us. Fair enough. I can't of... shame the clone fuckers. But I wasn't going to let you guys bully Mark into making him think. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone so around here is guilty. <laughs> Cheney be all like my making her as a slave over there. She's like, they're gonna build my house for me. No, we're gonna do it together. I just know I can trust me, so I know the work is gonna be chef's kiss. So That's I would true. be like, whatever that, that I could do, I would be like, hey, clone me. Are you hungry? And then clone me would be like, oh, don't even worry about that. Let me cook for you. And normally I'd be like, mm, but I know clone me knows me. So I textures are going to be fine. Flavors are going to be good. 
now that I'm starting to think about it, I if I had cloned me, nobody would know I had cloned me, and me and clone me would work out this very cool plan where he takes my place and does this, and I go and travel the world, and then I come back, and then clone me goes and lives his own life wherever he wants somewhere in the world and mm. but you know sends me info and cool this stuff. this actually I, I think do the most logical idea when people because this is like a pool i think everything when people think of like the big the big gotcha they should think about it in pool hall terms and so this would be the best way to do a pool hustle is that one of you is a great pool player but one of you is a phenomenal pool player and no one ever sees the phenomenal pool player play until the tournaments and so people just don't even get it that's what i think more likely than them having like a clone joe biden or hillary clinton why wouldn't they just have a twin we never know about like, wouldn't that give you ultimate power if you did have this I twin? I kind of feel like we do, like a doppelganger out there somewhere. That's happened in history with lookalikes, with uh, <laughs> people who have who are who've gotten to power. I'm almost certain there have been twins who have held like the throne before. Yeah, for sure. But huh. do we know that they were twins? Probably not in their lifetime. It probably came out afterwards. Because yeah, that it's like that's like a really strategic thing to to have you know in your arsenal to to have a body double. I mean, world leaders do that all the time. Is there a secret society of women that we haven't heard about? Do you think the witch burnings could have been something to do with that? And then in the witch burnings, like if there's these factions of that we always think of like men's secret society versus women's secret societies. Couldn't the witch burnings have been women versus women setting up propaganda to get the, the other secret society taken care of? What about like, the nunnery? It, the nunnery. Isn't that like, we don't know what they do behind closed doors. It's very secret. We just know that they give their lives up to God, but like they're human and they're in a church or whatever they're doing. Don't you consider that almost like a secret society or covenant of women, like groups of women living in secret? Even though it's not a witchy thing to do, but they are. Break up the etymology of the word coven. Coven. You're curious. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Hold on. All right. <laughs> I bet you can come up. I, I do this thing where I figured out the Albanian language can unlock a lot of meaning. <laughs> and we're going to do this part right now where we beatbox while Layla figures out the word coven. <laughs>
No, um, but I do think there has to be something to, we know like women were allowed to be Scottish Freemasons and the queen is such an arbitrary idea of somebody who actually has any kind of power. And we think we know that the real power structure of that, we wouldn't really know the names of the people who have the real power in the world. So why wouldn't it just be the women? Like, isn't it almost more powerful for them to hide behind for like a Melinda Gates to hide behind a bill or for uh, even Beyonce to hide behind a Jay-Z? Like, doesn't it kind of get if you look at certain men, even in like the 1940s or 50s, I wouldn't hire you up unless you were married. I wouldn't give you a promotion unless you were married. So it would show that you were reverent to something already. Well, look at the, was, the presidency. Has there has there ever been a single president? Yeah, there Good has to be something point. with the womb. Like there's something with the marriage. Like would marriage ever behoove a man? Like if we're going to go all the way back to things and unravel it, what would be the point of a man ever needing to get married? In society, was it for land? Was it to trade a cow? Was it for a womb? I mean, with with the I mean, with the exception of love, but why, why go through the ritual well, it's, of it's marriage? A, it's the take. It's the take uh, your wife off the market, essentially. Well, you could just say that you don't have. You to could do just all say that. it. Yeah, why go through the a ritual? A woman doesn't need all that. They really uh, well, don't. because it makes it legal. Because there was an actual legal ramification, and even now today, like if you were to go and get a divorce, for example, the the fact that there's infidelity might actually make a monetary impact on how the assets are divided up. So it's very, it's very much like this. Like you're officially mine. I'm officially yours. But what's the of big love. up of a man claiming that? Like a girl, she gets your land, she gets your Another. kingdom, she gets your strength. Like back so when, let's put us back you in the... Get, you get a baby you know why now. <laughs> I love that term <laughs> so much. So it's like her genes, essentially. Yeah. Like yeah, you want her genes. You're like, so like, why would her genes be good unless she, because she warred alongside you or because well, she had wealth of a kingdom? Well, why I'll would you need her genes to be... Well, I will tell you what they looked for back in the day where we grew up um, in Albania. They liked tall, big women. I mean, they looked for tall and huge women. Why? For warriors. The bigger the woman, the stronger the woman, the more like masculine the woman, the more of a warrior he'll turn out to be. So it's interesting and then that created a whole like sector of women called burnesha which are a group of women who legit look like fucking men without even trying like they were born that way because of their genes and they live like men this whole ass village of women that live like men and look like men so it's all part of this i guess warrior mentality and war and they looked for that not not just beauty beauty necessarily but because I think a lot of our art and stuff always depicts the wealthy and the winners of history. We don't ever really get to know why the decision would have been made if not for kingdoms. We're like under the illusion of, yeah, love. But in reality, people were only marrying love for a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it was a business arrangement and it must have been something to do with like, I get protection from you and you're going to feed me and my children. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it's like a huge... 
spell almost on the masculine i feel like to like there's 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 a there's more to gain for the weaker in the having the government involved in your relationship than there is for there's a spell to that yeah there's a spell to that i see it today it's like if you were the most powerful man in the village you would just be like that girl's mine and that girl's mine and that girl's mine you don't need to ever have a government or state say and god thinks your marriage is good you don't need it so it's like somewhere it just seems like the a spell like i don't know it just seems like you have this farm you have this land and now you're going to take care of me with it somewhere. And not that I'm not taking care of you. I'm taking care of your house and cooking for you and scrubbing your boots and taking care of the kids. But in the idea of my masculine, why would I need to sign a piece of paper and have to stay there forever? Like, yeah. it just seems like a, a weird spell feminine to spell to it. When well, there's also a double standard here because I think between the lines of let's rewind the clock back like a, like a few hundred years, right? Mm-hmm. So when when you take those vows, there was almost like this double standard of and this this adultery thing kind of applies to the wife and not so much to the guy, especially if the guy's out doing adventures because there's like that the area code rule applies extra if you leave your wife in Britain and you go off to India or you go off to or even hell, like the, the World War II vets um, or like the Korean War vets and stuff or the Vietnam vets. It was like there's there's a different element to it where, and this is, uh, forgive me for the, the horrible analogy, but this is the one that, that kind of represents this this mentality of that a guy that, that has a bunch of different wives and that has the ability to have kids with a bunch of different wives, it's like the analogy of like a, like a master key um being like that's the like the skeleton key is the one that opens all the doors in the house so it's got this extra value to it but a lock that can be opened by any key that anyone has doesn't mean it's a master lock it means it's a crappy lock and that's sort of the that that horrible double standard premise that i think goes with the legal contract of marriage Hmm. yeah it is kind of i mean maybe it's for namesake of kid afterward like who gets this name of kid, which would be the masculine stamp on it, you know, like your baptism. But I guess a guy can be on a birth certificate without having to. But why the birth certificate? That wouldn't even existed either. I just think it's an interesting like, you know, in the follow the wives way. And then we see the corporation split. The guy gets in trouble for whatever crime, whatever embezzlement, whatever thing. The lady's like, I never knew about that thing. Even her jewelry that she has on, uh, it's like she can walk right out of the house. She can walk, walk right away from the crime with all that jewelry. And that's allowed. And that's why like mobsters and people like that buy their wife all that jewelry because she can put it all on her and walk out with a millions of dollars and right out of the crime scene, no matter what's going on. And I just think there's little things that women well, have. You're done right, secret. though, because certificate, the whole the etymology of it is so different than record. You had birth record where they just recorded the date, the time, when, the where, and that was it. But the certificate, they're literally stamping the the sole of the child's foot, certifying it and sending it to the government when they don't need to do that. All you need is the birth record. So the record or marriage record are two different entities versus, you know, 
record versus certificate. So that's the magic, the wording in it and the word play and the power well, behind this, it. All the ships are named after women on the maritime. So they're named after women and then we bring them into port and everything on that ship gets a manifest, a birth certificate. And then the second I hand that certificate to you, all of the stuff inside the vessel becomes native to your country. It's allowed to be there now. Yeah, they create a false entity because you have the birth record. So they create another entity of you, which is the birth certificate, which is actually an act of necromancy when your mother is signing that. So it's like they're claiming you as dead, dead, um, what's it called? Dead at sea, pretty much. Not live, but dead. So even the way that they spell the name on the birth certificate matters um, in, in all caps versus just regular spelling. Um, so that, that whole certificate is creating another identity which they can use your essence in the whole trade of bonds. So that's how they make money off of your life force is by that certificate, the whole magic of it. When you're signing contracts with anyone, whether it's a house, whether it's a bill, whether whatever it is, be conscious of what you're signing. You're literally signing life force away. That's why they say the power of the pen and your signature because you are a living vessel, you are the living man. But since there is that extra entity, it's like there's two of you somewhere and they're playing with your energy. So there's a whole magic to that. Did that make sense? <laughs> so yeah. Sense. It made sense. I just, um, it. there just seems to be a lot of things that we just kind of do, even from the education system to rubbing vitamin K in the eyes to like, there's just a lot of stuff that I think women could be a little more responsible for. We were talking about the tyranny and the medical industry and all this. And a lot of the times it's those women in the room alone with their child before and to say no to all that stuff. And so it's just from that point on as a mom and we're in this like financial strife all the time to not be able to raise our kids or to have to like the spells done, burn your bra. You want to go make as much money as them out there. And so then we don't, we're not raising our children. We're involved. So the TV's raising the children, which is a depression of its own. Moms can't feel good about that, but that gives us us, our generations here because we're unmothered and unfathered. It's um, so I don't know. I just think there it's like all the secret societies all the time are men, 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 but they tell us the real powers that be will never know their name. And we talk about the Bavarian Illuminati or the Kazarian mafia, their Pacer family. But it's like, who are all these women that are just getting through and their wombs are getting through? And we don't talk about the who slept with Castro, who slept with like Justin Trudeau. Like, how are all these cucky people getting around? How are all the bloodlines keep it's these women are in hiding and they just keep where they're like oh this person's related barbara bush is related to alistair crowley through and we just don't it's like oh george bush george bush george bush well, what about barbara what about you know it's just like the mm -hmm. womb seem like they're losing some of the weight of the secret do you i think, think women just keep secrets better yeah i do i yeah. think and it's weird because you'd think we're the cluckers like we're the clucking little hens like we're the collecting little Abraxas, but <laughs> I just don't, I think that ladies will take the craziest detrimental secrets to themselves to the grave. 
like the amount of women that had kids and because they were too young or their father was like, you will not do this under my name. And they went somewhere for the summer and gave birth to a kid and came back and they never were allowed to say a word. I think that is so frequent that that happens and people would be so surprised. And I think these 23 and me are proof that it's coming out that like, oh, these people are all family here and these people are all family here. And so that I, I, I think a lot of times, uh, even Ireland, a lot of the Catholic church, they almost banked on the fact that young women were going to get knocked and not be able to have their kids. And so that they could human traffic in orphanages. Nuts. And, you know, I keep thinking about the squares, the square magic of it all. And all of it, the magic behind the occult and the shapes that they use, the symbol of the triangle, and then the square being with everything, with documents, with TVs, with tarot cards, with um, square magics, with Hollywood squares, the squares everywhere. And they live where you just put the glasses on and every square had a fucking message behind it. So that to me is like, they have the square magic. They have their own triangle shape magic. And then they have their circle magic with the Solomon seals and whatnot. So it's like shapes of it all, like how they can control the masses. I feel like that's the symbology behind it, which I still have no idea how they use it. But the sigils, the magic behind the shapes, the square, circle, and triangle are what makes everything work here in this realm. I guess one has to do with life force, one has to do with conjuring, and one is to, like, I guess, spew is my only guess. I don't know. I don't know. But I... It's squares, making sense I know my head. human beings are not supposed to live in brutality. I think we're not supposed to see things in squares. I know we're not, I don't think we're supposed to have corners in our life like this. And anything, if you talk about magic, they say if you're going to sage or if you smoke a spliff to get rid of energies, everybody will always tell you, make sure you get the corners. And uh, so I think that's where kind of negative energy resides. Somewhere well, you know, with the things. whole, the whole symbol, the square, I guess, isn't that a, no, that's a thing that makes a circle, right? With the whole square on the bottom. So it's all like shapes. I think that's where their magic lies is behind the shapes and what they put inside these shapes and how they use it. I see it. Checkerboard, mirrors, circle, TVs, fucking square, books, square. Um, what other shape damn, would you make it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the tetrahedron. Like you just have some being like 3D thing. and like fucking. That made no sense to hold. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's don't just, you think sometimes things are just like, what is it? Ergomic? Er, ergomic? What is origami? it called? No. Origami? What's the ergomic? What's the name where like you sit in a chair er and it's comfortable? Ergonomic. Thank you. Uh, Say it again because I already. Erga. Ergonomic. Ergonomic. Yeah. Ergonomic. Yeah. Like a square might just be the easiest way to put words from corner to corner. So why would you have a circular piece of paper? Look at, look at nature. How does nature form? It's free, free forming. Well, there's. But a in ratio. a sense, yes. There's a golden ratio. So if you look at a, a shell, 
like a, a mollusk or whatever, you know, sea sea life with their yeah. shell. You look at the geometry of the shell. There's a relationship between the lines and the angles and the radius of the circles being created by the spiral. And when the human eye looks around at the world, we see beauty when we see that golden ratio because yeah. we are organic beings that live in an organic world that's what organisms are right and there are artificial things that we humans create and the more that they conform to the golden ratio the more beautiful they appear so that's why we have great works of architectural art like these cathedrals in europe and even in america there's some great amazing buildings and you know, you use the term brutal to describe squares and, you know, there's all concrete, you know, city blocks where all the buildings are just these, you know, ugly squares coming out of the ground. And people would look at that and say, that doesn't look like a forest. That doesn't look like a mountain range. That doesn't look like anything in nature. So yeah. why is it like that? And people would say oh well it's the most efficient way to to conserve the space right so but is that psychologically a good thing does that conform to this control paradigm that we've been describing throughout the the evening you know how did those types of structures even get conceived who decided that they would build buildings that tall and put people in them like apartments instead of giving everybody their own piece of land and you know however yeah who was that clever motherfucker so i think these are questions <laughs> that maybe are beyond my capability of answering but definitely worth asking and uh as far as you know shapes go i think yeah it's it's definitely magic but i think the magic is more in the numbers and the relationships between the shapes and the numbers. And, you know, you can extrapolate that to astronomy where we're able to calculate the distances of stars from each other. And we draw shapes with the various stars and we're mm -hmm. able to track them over periods of time and, you know, understand things about the cycles of time through that observation. So uh, I think that's a, big part of the magic of architecture is aligning a building to said maybe like the north star or maybe just so that the windows are placed in such a way that you get a lot of sunlight in your house right like i think it, it's it's not always a cult it could be something very you know sensible like hey i want to live in a house that's not completely cold and dark right so yeah i think I think the shapes are important, but you know, you look all over the world and people live in different types of shapes houses. So I don't know that any one way is the right way. Maybe there's a best way, but there's Moscow. There's tons of different variations, you know. So a lot of I think more people live in circular buildings than square ones. I don't know. It depends on how you would figure that out. Maybe not. Hmm. Well, well, I think they live more in square. Everything's squared out. Like well, everything that can out. be represented as a triangle, but not like I don't think everything could be represented as a circle as easily as everything could be a triangle. And if you can represent everything as triangles, you can also represent everything as squares. And that's how kind of 3D modeling works. 
Yeah, and how they set up the city blocks and streets and everything's at a certain degree and angle. It's like a star fort grid or something. It's like a bigger picture. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Everything's like all interconnected with everything in this. But I th I do think sometimes like even driving around my neighborhood, all the houses are on a tilt because nobody wants direct sunlight in their windows in the morning or at night. So the house is all tilt and they don't have windows on those side of the house. If you look at all old Florida homes. So I do think sometimes it's religious and intentional that way. And uh, sometimes it's just intentional because it makes sense in the actual 3D of it. Like, mm. oh, let's pitch our roof so it holds more heat up there. Oh, let's have flat roof so we can get wind flow better. Oh, let's have a roundhouse because it's windy here. You know, I just think it's true. All just sometimes nature. It's like the same thing we were talking about. Like, would everyone walk around naked? And it's like, no, they wouldn't because some people don't want their tits ripped off by sandstorm. It's well, like not, it's sometimes not anything to do with a freedom of we're not allowed. It just makes sense because we don't want to have our forehead burned. And it all went from like being stone, stone homes, like brick homes to like wood, metal, like it all changed. And it was like beauty to it all. Even with the stones, it was like life to it. You put fucking paint on a brick wall, you destroy the bricks because they can't breathe because it has life in it. Like it's, it's a living thing. It's strange. Even though it's not like living, but it is living because it needs to breathe. Well, a lot of the times the structures that they made were made out of certain woods in the area that the bugs wouldn't eat. Mm. So all the oldest homes in Florida are made out of wood that was like native to here. And they were the trees that all the people were like, huh, all those other trees get destroyed by the bugs. But those trees, they the termites never go in them. We should build all the houses out of that. And everywhere has an area of trees that the bugs don't destroy. And so I think dependent on where you live, you get that kind of wood or that kind of uh, brick. And then so if you had harder storms or harder, harsher weather that you wanted, you know, things to be there, that's where I think the masons come into play, where that's, the history yeah. becomes cemented. Like stone masons. So we're, wasn't everything just stone instead of like wood? And then the whole stone mason of it all. But they say, well, maybe wood too, because Jesus was a mason, wasn't he? Carpenter. Carpenter. And a mason, they say. I don't know. Yeah, I there's like stories of him heart. being a, a mason, learning at a very young age. Well, and and uh, Peter was his his rock, his foundation, know. and the word Peter translates directly to rock. Yeah, so like I heard that this whole story of him actually being a mason and like learning with the masons at a very, very young age. And um, yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but maybe someone out there heard this story. But I, I remember we've spoke about this like a while back. I think but that a lot of cultures would build with wood and they wouldn't use metal. And so the metal is the only thing that really destroys wood. The metal is the screw that will rip through wood eventually and the rust in the metal and everything like that. But if you use wood 
on wood, um, water eventually swells it. And so it becomes all one piece. So that's why you can look at like Amish. They still build all the barns and all the things the exact same way they always did and don't use screws in anything. So there are wood structures that do stand the test of time. It's just the same as the cement structures is are the powers that be going to allow them to stand the test of time. So it's like they can get rid of the boats and shit a lot easier than the cement. They have to bury the cement in sand or mud or whatever, but the boats they can light on fire or bury them. I think they found a huge ship under like some New York building on a dig like old wooden boat. But even if you look at these wooden boats in the ocean, everybody that goes on pirate digs and stuff, they find pieces still of these wooden ships under the water. You know, like they're all still connected. So I think wood could stand the test of time just as much as anything. Yeah. It just might not be as good in war. Like a uh, big bad wolf, blow your house down. I think, like I could shoot a cannon at your wood and splinter it. Yeah, and there are no like, you know, history and, and ed the education system tries to give us like these definitives like, oh, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and it only happens in this sequence. But th that's not how life works. Like, you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking like, well, sure would. But if you live somewhere where there's no wood, what are you going to live in? Right. And you know the, there's tons of places there people build uh out of adobo which is like a construction of things like uh hay or cob uh, there's multiple different concoctions but you basically create what you could call like a geopolymer right so it's not technically stone but it's like a f simple form of geopolymer but with that in mind you know the pyramids, right? This great architectural anomaly, because again, things don't really happen in sequential order, at least in our known lifetime. So, you know, everybody was building with pretty rudimentary materials, wood, clay, things like that. And then boom, they're building huge stone constructions out of nowhere, which takes, you know, some advanced techniques that we still can't even replicate today. So, I wonder, you know, if stone isn't like one of the more advanced types of architecture and not like, you know, we've been given this idea like, oh, yeah, this stone age was the, you know, most primitive time in man. And, you know, I'm not speaking that way towards you. I just am kind of sarcastically criticizing academia. You're right. Like I was just going to ask this question. Like well, it's it's this idea that you know humans like you know we we evolved out of nothing and came to this great height that we're at now and you know that's debatable and I think probably wrong but when it comes to construction and architecture like the things that last that we can study and and possibly even date or at least have some idea of how old these things are they seem to be some of the most advanced things on the planet so it's like well if the oldest buildings are the most advanced what are we like what happened and maybe the secret societies that built you know these great cities and great cathedrals the freemasons who took that knowledge like we were saying before from the ancient world and have preserved it secretly onto today maybe they yeah. know how you, to do 
You're right. onto something because there's this um, guy named Mutwa. He's like an African teacher and he's very knowledgeable on stone technology, crystal technology, dolphins, the orcas, the Delphi, the. Um, Is it yeah, Credo you know. Mutwa? Mutwa. He's like this. Credo? I think. So. Yeah, Craig yeah. Credo. He's the one that had the interview with David Icke. I mean, the yes. David Icke. Yeah. So, like, going back to that whole Stone Age idea and, like, how, oh, it's good to eat with spoon, uh, with wood um, or with copper. But how about the whole idea of eating out of stones, stone bowls, stone um, spoons, stone forks? And they probably had that technology. And, like, Mutua had, like, this whole device where he can actually look through and, like, communicate with dolphins and the Delphi and the oracles and the... Um, shout out Donut. <laughs> it's in the chat. But uh, yeah, so maybe can there I is ask a question real quick? I know everyone says all the time that we can't recreate this shit with modern technology, but has anyone really tried? Who has the time? I just see look at some of these structures just in my welding brain and what I know about blueprints, and they aren't that complicated. Taking H blocks and putting them next to each other is not some complicated thing. Building a pyramid is not complicated. And so I just I'm I'm like at a lost sometimes with all the ancient alien stuff where we're like oh my gosh this is so like uh so high tech and it is it or is this just the shit they tell us over and over again so we buy into the idea that egypt holds some part of our human history that it really doesn't i think it's high tech because there there's one example and i'd, I'd have to google all of it to find all the exact names but there was um this this book on architecture that was found in like the, the middle ages or something and it it was like information about how to build temples and how to build all these ornate um sort of like pillars and like the flying buttresses and all that that wasn't just like some dude discovered it one or you know just thought it up one day they had found these these ancient manuscripts that had been lost for uh centuries and it was like oh crap this is how you build all these things and then it was like rediscovered and they were able to build again so i don't i don't think we've lost the technology today but there's absolutely historical evidence of what seems like common sense being lost forever it's but not it, quite it, like losing the recipe to ice but it's sort of a good analogy well, and i also, feel like that's like, yeah. when it comes to like the whole conversation of well why don't we build that stuff today i mean we've become child labor laws that's the yeah, reason we've become a global <laughs> culture so it's so much easier to outsource this stuff to other countries and get cheaper materials elsewhere and things like stone are heavy and not easy to transport in large distances but they do it right so I, well, I mean, there was a point in time too that if you were working on these huge things and you fell and you died or you like lost a leg now it was like up to the community to take care of you but there was no concept uh, that we have today of like suing your employer and workman's comp and having a 40 hour technology was higher in the pyramids than the Hoover dam. I think there's more technology in the Hoover dam than the pyramids. And it I only took a few 13 years to build. And well, if the lanes of thought, you know, it's like the people who built the Hoover dam are in a different circumstance than the people who built the pyramids. And it comes with a different mindset, you know, like the pyramids. Well, just, I just feel like we keep repeating the idea that we can't do this. And I think we totally can make every single one of these structures. And I also, that. no, no, no. I've heard it's not you. It's like ancient alien stuff. It's said over and over again, like, look how fabulous this thing is. It's unrecreatable. And it's I really think. 
<laughs> you're, and guess who's back? Uh, <laughs> but I also think that it's such a lie in history because they have us focusing all the time on the same five buildings, the same, here's the great pyramids, even in the name, here's the great ones, you guys, this is where all the secrets of humanity. And then here's the ones in South America. Here's all the secrets. But I would say the same as the real powers that be, they would bury their name. The real powerful buildings that be are under other things. Like we don't know about them. And so it's just, I think, in the same way as like we can only get to a certain point with things, they allow the history we have to be the history we have. We don't hear about great pyramids of Tennessee. We don't hear a bit about great pyramids of Albania, but it doesn't mean they aren't older with more history and more technology and more whatever it is. And so then we have this idea of technology instead of magic and that you couldn't just levitate stones very easily and be like, dee, 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 dee. and so like we might've lived in a totally different realm. And you, so it, I don't know. I just you know, think Jenny, we stare at the same buildings over and like over again. Like, Meh. Well, I the feel Arctic like triumph and stuff like, don't you feel like those are even way more impressive than the pyramids? Well, I they feel, seem so much higher technology. With yeah. that idea of like all their ancient technology, what I feel like they do is they find this ancient technology, use the material that is like easier for them to excavate, kind of change up the um, structure or the model of of that same technology and create it more modern. Not necessarily better, but maybe close to what they had since their structures were made out of stone. And Why do you have is- to excavate stone if you can just go into it? Like, what is this? Like, why do like, don't you think they have us looking at the like hood ornament all the time of maybe the car underneath the ground? Like they always have us staring with just a little bit. Think of how many times we've heard about the Sphinx. And here's this person with their idea of what's under the Sphinx, how the Sphinx got there, what the Sphinx used to be. Did water hit the Sphinx? Here's all Look these here, things. Look here, not there. <laughs> yes. I just think mm-hmm. it's constantly like we're allowed to pay attention to and they allow us the, every single thing. It's like the Queen of England is the hood ornament on all the car underneath. I think that that's what I look at. Even the name, the Great Pyramid, lets me know it is the least Great Pyramid because they lie about all of history. And so why is it, it's like everything goes back to the Egypt, 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 Egypt. And they let us know, America, you're so young. You're so young, you little 200-year-old country. And look at, you're just a bunch of like, mm, nothing great about you. <laughs> NPCs, like, noobs. Yeah, it's just there's something about it that I'm like, they always have us. They want us to buy into the out-of-Africa theory so bad with the esoteric and even down to the sapiens of it all. They're like, here, here's the monkey you came from. Here's the missing link. Here's the one black person that you all came out of the womb of. It's still the Adam and Eve theory as much as everybody's like, that's so crazy to think we all came from one thing. It's crazy to think we all came from one thing. It's crazy. And so, and pretty much all of evolution with Darwinism has all pretty much been destroyed. Like the fittest aren't the ones who survive. Sometimes it's the ones who hide the best or are the fastest. You know, it's like <laughs> there's so many other things. So I just it's just a concept of what if the Great Pyramids are the biggest lie of all? <laughs> they, you know, I have some very interesting photos that I have to look back on on how um, the Sphinx was like kind of broken apart and like they put it together. I don't know if it was for a movie scene or something. But yeah, I have to look. I've seen that. You remember? Yeah, I showed yes. them. Yeah, I showed them to the group once, and I just questioned it all. Even with Stonehenge, 
Um, I saw that like being, I have pictures of that being built or restructured. Yep. So I'm just like, they produce the history in a sense now. It's I like feel a movie like, set. yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't believe anything anymore. I make brick. I can make brick. I can make cement and I can mix it with whatever kind of polymers I want to. I can mix it with whatever kind of gems I want to. You I can mix it with blood. I can put glitter in it. <laughs> yeah. It, the more water that hits that structure, it makes the inside dense and the outside might peel away, but you can put things on the outside of that. I just think we can create so much that until you touch and manipulate all this stuff, people that don't have any idea how this metal was put together. If you guys didn't know about welding, I would show you things and you would be like, Oh my gosh, this witch, how on earth did she create a boat out of metal that weighs tons and floats on water? This doesn't even make logical sense. And so I just think a lot of the times in the world where we dissect things, most people have never built anything to see that it's not as hard or as magical or as like crazy as. But, but you know, it's kind of magical. And I'm just going to say this because I just was on the airplane going to Orlando and back. And it's kind of magical to think that a big hunk of flying metal is like floating in the sky. Yeah, that is got like. I think we're just portaling when we do that shit. Something's it's totally off topic, but I'm just saying it's weird. Yeah. I don't it's, know. I don't know, Cheney. I met, uh, I have a guy friend Sorry. of mine and he's like part, he did excavations in Florida and he found all this proof of humans living alongside mastodons and, you know, pretty much it's called the Vero man. Everyone can look into it. And Every single elite museum tried to come and have him donate all his work to the museum. Donate it. Pretty much they like a mus musician that makes something. They're like, here, we're going to buy your album and then shelf it. So nobody's ever going to hear your album and you're never going to be able to play anywhere live. And he's like, I can't afford to donate this stuff. I've been, it's my life's work. And so nobody ever finds out about this part of history. It becomes this thing that because he won't let the elite take it and mix it into their story, it's it won't ever become a part of history. So how much changes if humans live alongside mastodons? How much changes if there's mastodons in Florida? How much changes if there's technology under Las Vegas and Disney World that's older than the pyramids? And that's why we keep building on top of things. And so I think the structures that they allow us to see are it's really the ones underneath the structures that they put all the glittery lights on. And that's, what's kind of interesting about Israel actually, because I don't know if you guys know this before they build anything new, they have to excavate their, their department of archeology span has to come in and excavate to see what's underneath. And you have to get an okay before anything's allowed to ever be told in history. And then think about how many layers it has to go through before the Rockefeller education system allows you to learn. This is the beginning of the world. These are the great pyramids. <laughs> I don't know. I just, and it's like the same, we're all still dissecting the same shit we learned in elementary school. Yeah. So, okay. It's how does like one become more craft and like actually go and... <laughs> I want to do it. Like, how do I actually go and be one of these people to go to these ancient sites that no one's touching and people just have go to there okay and do you. it? 
Why? It, because fuck? you have to get all these things signed. It's, everything's the Antarctic Treaty. If you want to study anything that's not part of the thing that they're allowing to be the story, it's you have to get so many signatures and so many dignitaries okay. and so many politicians, and they won't even let you in there. What if I join a secret cult or a secret society? <laughs> Would they let me in then? Well, I don't know the secret. I don't know. Maybe probably. No, there's this episode of SpongeBob where they're kind of SpongeBob and Patrick are doing this whole like secret society thing. I think with the magic conch shell, it might be the wrong episode, but like Squidward's getting pissed the whole time because he doesn't know the secret and there really is no secret. The secret is that they're just being goofy and they say they have a secret. So like these <laughs> secret societies, it's very potentially the same idea. It's like, right. no, we just have a club really overhanging out and you're We're on the outside. Making money. That's just all. Yeah. And that's it. And you're not part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Boo -hoo. And we, you want to know, you know, you want, that <laughs> makes us more exclusive, right? Like it makes you other people feel left out. And well, on you the can't outside. help the questions when you see shit like this. Like, yeah. who built that? Why were they there? What was they? What were they used for? Like, what was their purpose? And all these fucking questions, and it's just unanswered. We 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 guess at this point. We kind of know, but like we're guessing at this point. And it's easy if we could just go there without signing anything or signing our fucking life force to somebody to give somebody permission who has authority over me, which I don't believe anyone should. Um, <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. Lucy Rose in the chat asked about the Dream app. And I'm going to say, I think she's asking like what I did my dream mapping on. And it, it's an app called Freeform. Hmm freeform yeah so yes. you can map your all your dreams on there yeah so sorry it's breaking up the conversation but i just saw the question i figured i'd yeah, address yeah, it absolutely. no worries yeah. you're totally allowed to do that do you want to add anything to this mark oh i just thought it'd be relevant to it's, what we're it is very about. it's gorgeous i love camels well, and on the point of like Egypt and whatnot, I'm totally for being open-minded about what this is really telling us. And, you know, if it's really what they say it is, I'm totally open to that level of skepticism. But what I think is interesting about the pyramids is like the sheer weight of the stones. We don't have machines today that could lift them, right? That's not saying that humans couldn't figure out a way to create them, though, because we know that we could concoct a geopolymer li liquid mixture that will f harden into stone. And, I mean, that's what cement is, right? All of our roads are asphalt, which is a liquefied kind of form of stone. It's actually liquid as it's on the ground. That's why it's, like, freezing and, and, and you know, creating potholes if you live in a place like me in the northeast where the roads are littered with potholes because the road's freezing and then thawing each year but you know i i think when it comes to the pyramids themselves it's not so much about it as a building but more of it as a device because when you look at the size of it it's placement on the earth and you know it's possible function as a machine i mean it i've 
seen some authors speculate that it was a giant death ray. I've seen some speculate that it created free energy. I've seen some speculate that it was like a chemical plant where they created all sorts of geopolymers that they would then use to create other buildings. And I mean, Egypt is littered with buildings, but as you pointed out, Cheney, very, you know, great point is there are pyramids all over the world. I mean, even in places that you wouldn't consider pyramids, I mean, Central America and Egypt get the most attention, but there are, you know, great structures made out of all sorts of materials all over the planet that have lasted uh, for a long time. Most of them are stone, but not all of them. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to think, you know, we're being you know, led astray on what this is all really about. So your skepticism is extremely valuable in this conversation because the Egyptologists and the archaeologists who are studying this stuff, they're completely missing the mark. They're trying to talk about this thing as a giant tomb and, oh, the, yeah, they just built this so that they could bury their pharaoh in there and he's, you know, safe and sound in there. And that's all it was about. Don't ask any more questions. It's just a giant coffin and the, the topic's dead like the guy in the coffin. You're, don't ask any more questions beyond that. So I think that's really a, a big, you know, point of contention with this whole topic is like, they're clearly lying to us about what Egypt is really all about, whether that means Egypt, you know, all these structures were built more recently than they're telling us. That's possible. Uh, maybe it has something to do with this ancient time before the, the flood, right? That's possible. And again, like to your point earlier or your question about like, why are they obsessed with all the symbolism from Egypt? Like, well, maybe this is where these stories about these gods or whomever took place right where humanity was created in this uh, maybe all the lands were all together at one point and oh. just separated and it was all one civilization that had these structures everywhere and then just slowly just drifted see well, i can't humanity. get into Pangea because that's one of the things they taught us in kindergarten too. yeah I feel like all the stuff they taught us in kindergarten is the biggest well, bullshit here's the thing. when when <laughs> looks that it. Idea I know. I feel like we're in a banding theory, if anything, or like the flood as it comes up, it would make the highest mountain points look like kink. They look like they attach. Or maybe it's just the lands just, you know, receding and, you know, like almost like the breath of earth. It has its like cycles where it rises and then it comes down again, rises and comes down again. That that's also another theory because they say Earth breathes in that sense. So I don't know. I think you need the word Earth and breath. When, well, yeah, and shul. The, the idea, idea of uh, plate tectonics and Pangea came out. It was not popular. Everybody laughed at the guy. They said, "You're crazy. That's stupid." But you know like it or not you know believe them or not because i don't always believe scientists but the scientists have theoretically proved that whole idea i tend to think that it's more about what you guys are saying where the earth is kind of breathing where it's expanding and condensing and yeah. also another aspect that the mainstream likes to ignore is the cataclysms so we have evidence of giant asteroids and what different you know uh, celestial events happening and i hope that it's where you think it is and i hope that when you try your efforts see rewards 
And I hope you get married and I hope you have lots of kids And keep searching in the night You keep searching overseas You keep searching cause girls have me Oh, so hard say goodbye I try. Oh, I try. Oh, you keep searching in the night. You keep searching overseas. You keep searching because girls have needs. You die your monthly matchup. Don't you know you messed up my heart I wish I could have just one